You're listening to Extra Textual. This is a show where we talk about an idea, concept, theme, trend, and relate it to some kind of media like film, TV, video games, books, music, and hopefully discover something about ourselves or our culture along the way. Thanks for listening. Welcome to the show. I'm Eli Steenledge, and with me is... Jeremy Holiday. And on this episode, um, we kind of have a little bit different format, because um, we got to talk to uh, Dr. Alex G in our other segment for another perspective on things, and now Jeremy and I are going to have kind of our own conversation talking about the film as well. Uh, so to kind of lead into it a little bit, I think there's a lot to talk about in this film is certainly making a big impact on sort of the cultural conversation and in Hollywood as well, I think with everything going on. It is a huge success uh, financially and seems to be really connecting with audiences. Marvel definitely has a big hit on its hands. So I guess maybe I wanted to kind of start our conversation with maybe just discussing like why this is um, having a big effect on culture and why it's part of the big conversation. Obviously, we're talking about race and stuff here um, uh, with being a black filmmaker that made it. Um, Almost completely black cast uh, that's in the film and the strong portrayal of Africa, African nation, African people, and how they relate to the world. Uh, I did want to talk mention one other quote from Ava DuVernay um, that she was talking about that uh, there was a time when Hollywood said we will tell your story for you Uh, that didn't feel like what I knew as a black girl but it's an interpretation not a reflection and that's valid too but we're in a dynamic time right now telling our own stories Uh, so I think we she's saying there's kind of become a shift where uh, African Americans, black people are being able to like actually um, tell stories from their own perspective um, and not have other people tell them, even if they were a part of it. So I think that's that's an exciting part. But um, I don't know what what might you say, Jeremy, about like why you think this is connecting at this time, um, which is kind of a big question. Well, I mean, as to why like Black Panther is a doing well I mean there's a couple things which um, one of which doesn't have to do with race um, and that's like I mean I think if you look at like the level of violence in the film mm-hmm. it, it it appears to me to be several notches below um, a lot of the other hmm. films yeah um, and I, 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 I before I show films to my kids I often check them on a website called Common Sense Media yeah. um, it's a great site it, there's like reviews from professionals and parents and teachers mm-hmm. um, and, and as opposed to like you know PG PG-13 R and all that other stuff it, yeah. you know it'll have like a recommended age you know parents say 13 you know mm-hmm. kids say 11 um, and um it also has ratings for movies like how much drug use is there, how many, what are the positive messages, how are right. women portrayed, and all these things that you know I'm concerned about. Yeah. So I checked it out on there, um, and it, 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 in general, most of the reviews um, cited like the age which it appropriate as a little bit less than a lot of the other superhero mm-hmm. movies. They would also yeah. say like you know if you if your kids watch Avengers, this is fine. Right. Um, but I think they, I don't know if it's deliberate, but I sort of assume it is. Mm-hmm. Um, that the the violence is, I mean, there's. Like there's almost no blood, 
Right. There's a little bit. Yeah. A little bit of blood. Yeah. You know, and a little bit of stabby stabby here and there. So it's like TV violence. Yeah. yeah you know, right. in the kind of thing that could pass on TV or even less. You know, and mm-hmm. so. Yeah. Um, and, and I don't know if that's. Um, yeah. I, I don't know the reasons for that. I mean, yeah. one might be, um, you know, or one way I imagine it is like um, the filmmaker said, like, black people all across the world are going to watch this film mm-hmm. and they're going to bring their kids. Yeah. Like, let's make it. You know, uh, uh, you know, let's approachable. yeah, as, as approachable as possible. Mm-hmm. Um, and I also think that, and I don't know this part of it either, but I mean, in, in the era of black exploitation films, like violence was big, like there were right. big guns and big explosions and big talk and a whole bunch of other stuff. Yeah. Um, and I think, and, and you know, I mean, this is there hasn't been a film like this before, and, and mm-hmm. you know, like, and the the traditional black exploitation films, I think, is um, the history that any film has, you know, any, any film with black people portraying. Yeah stuff like this mm-hmm. has to deal with so and I thought that that was um, great yeah and, and I think that it, it it immediately steers the film towards a wider viewing mm. um, towards it focuses on the message and the characters it doesn't focus on the action the action is interesting and fine and good yeah. mm-hmm. um, but it's not like come to see Black Panther like two black dudes punch the crap out of each yeah. other um, it's, it's got a whole lot more going on it also was a lot more people talking and having conversations about yeah. why they were doing things than I expected. Um, and and well-portrayed conversations, well-written. Uh, I think that was interesting. So it was a good balance of like, hey, we're going to talk about this for a while. Let's go get some action and then come back and we, we might have a conversation. Um, so it was a good balance. I mean, I think that they tried to really consider what they were saying with the film and what the characters were doing. Yeah, I mean, I would um, after having seen Thor Ragnarok and now having seen this. Mm-hmm. I mean, uh, I I don't know if scholars have done this, if other people would say it, but the Thor Ragnarok and this mm-hmm. um, and Black Panther for me are are, are clearly representative of, of a different kind of film inside the Marvel Cinematic Universe. Okay. And I mean, I, I don't know if some way someday they'll give them the designation classically of like Silver <laughs> Age or Golden Age or Bronze Age or whatever. Right. But um, I mean, I, I'm in the camp as we talked about that Thor Ragnarok is a fairly subversive film. Mm-hmm. Um, it's a takedown of white supremacy. Um, yeah. It's an anti-colonial film. Mm-hmm. Um, it's a subaltern film. You know, yeah. these kinds of things are not present or narratives in any way in either of the Marvel yeah. stuff. And mm-hmm. so it, it is a superhero story. Yeah. Um, but it is also um, a story that has a, a message that is very relevant for our world. Mm-hmm. Um, and certainly being um, directed by it was by the. Um, um, uh, Thor Ragnarok by um, a New Zealander, yeah, um, which has like a massive history of colonialism, and you know, right. and, and some of the other films have dealt with things like that more explicitly. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, I mean, Black Panther feels like some of the early Marvel Cinematic Universe films. Uh, Iron Man, the first Iron Man being my favorite. My favorite, yeah. Um, you know, like you know, like, and I I don't know if it was the first of the Marvel films, Iron Man. Iron Man, yeah, yeah. First, I mean, but yeah. I mean it. it it is like the emotional flagship in our family. Like, like you know, it's like my my clear ranking is first Iron Man, Avengers, now Thor Ragnarok, Black Panther, mm. it's at, yeah, yeah. first Thor movie, uh, Doctor Strange, mm-hmm. in, yada yada yada. From there, yeah. but in general, I mean, they've gone downhill. Um, right. Like the first Iron Man is better than the other two things. Although mm-hmm. Iron Man three always gives very good reviews. It's real bad. Um, yeah, I'm not super impressed with Iron Man two, but. No, two, okay. two, two, I mean, okay. they're both, I mean, nothing yeah. is as good as the first. Anyway, yeah. um, and then sort of like, I guess, just in the past year, or past year and a half, like, kind of out of nowhere, we get 
Thor Ragnarok, which mm-hmm. from the trailer you're like, like looks wacky. Yeah, how yeah. did they greenlight this <laughs> obviously this. shark jumping nonsense? <laughs> and you go see it, and you're like, whoa! Like this is like a, a totally creative thing inside of the the structures of this mm-hmm. thing, yeah. In, inside the structure of the Marvel Cinematic Universe and these characters and these setups. Um, and the same issue with Black Panther. I mean, it, it's much more traditional in that it follows. Um, you know, more traditional comic book lines. Kind of an origin story a little bit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and certainly it, it changes what I believe to be the original, um, like, origin story of T'Challa about how he gets power, but it's interesting mm-hmm. in the way that they change it, I think. Um, but also, I mean, I mean, like, right now, like, I'm reading um, Michelle Alexander's book, The New Jim Crow, mm-hmm. horribly depressing, <laughs> but phenomenally informative and well-written book about mass incarceration. Yeah. You know, and for those that talk about mass incarceration, you know, of African Americans in the United States, they talk about it as, like, there were three major ways in which, like, racial hierarchies were maintained in the United States, slavery, Jim Crow, and now mass incarceration. Mm-hmm. Um, and... Uh, you know, uh, Ava DuVernay deals with um, that in her movie 14? 13. 13th. 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 Yeah. Um, you know, and, and talks about a whole variety of things. Mm-hmm. Um, in, in that one. that's part of it, yeah. Yeah, you know, and so, um, and Black Panther, like, and, and in Black Panther, a lot of that, well, there's just a lot that happens, I, I, I mean, subtly, I would say, but only subtly for some audiences. Mm-hmm. Like, we start off in Oakland in, like, 1992. Right. Right, which is, like, the epicenter, or one of one of a few epicenters of um, the drug war in the United States. Right. Like, that is mm-hmm. absolutely, yeah. um, like, a, like, a, a, like um, you know, it serves as a metonym for a much larger thing. Yeah. Right? I mean, and, I would have liked to have been in those conversations with Disney where Ryan Cooler's like, uh, we're going to start in Oakland. Yeah. Um, I'm going to have them mention, uh, you know, black people coming over on slave ships, and uh, I'd rather die than be incarcerated yeah. um, for the rest of my life, like all these like issues, and then be like, okay, yeah, go. So yeah. I don't know how that went over, but um, I'm glad it's there. Yeah, and I mean, yeah. I mean, I'll just say this because I know that uh, Joss Whedon recently, like, you know, waved off his participating in Batgirl. And mm-hmm. as much as I love his work, yeah. he always seems sort of inexplicably to be able to do his work the way he wants, wherever <laughs> right. he is. Finds a way, yeah. Right. So I mean, hats off to Mr. Kugler for like making this, the, you know, making this what it is. And I, yeah. and I and I don't know. I haven't. Read too much about how much, how different that is, how different the Black Panther movie is from you know, like some greater visions that he had. Mm-hmm. But it's, I mean, there's a lot that happens. Yeah. Um, and I think, um, it, well, so the second thing I'll say is like, oh, why is Black Panther? Why do people like it? What's going mm-hmm. on with it? Yeah. Um, uh, people often, the thing, the phrase before I before I saw it, people often said, oh, you know, like the villain is like really complex. Yeah. And I was like, claw? Like, what is? <laughs> you know, I saw claw. I don't, I don't right. you know. Um, you know, and then and I'm thinking and watching the film, and I'm like, claw, like, I mean, Andy Serkis is a great job, yeah, but yeah. like, I mean, like, <laughs> I don't really, you know, he's, you know, he, the same line about like he got the vibranium at a price he does in the movie, yeah. in the Ultron movie. I'm Just like, some I good don't, singing, yeah, yeah. Sing. But then, you know, but then it's like, oh, you know, they're talking about, you know, Eric's character, you know, um, Killmonger, Killmonger, yeah. Um, you know, and and my first reaction when I saw him was like, oh, like he's not really a villain. Mm-hmm. Um, why? Like why? You know, I understand right. like hero film, you got a superhero and a villain. Yeah, but he's like not really a villain. Mm-hmm. 
because even even if I think about like probably my one of my top superhero films of all time, which is Unbreakable, um, mm-hmm. in that story, uh, the villain, Mr. Glass, Mr. Glass, yeah, I think it's Mr. Glass. Mr. Glass. I mean, like he's like committing all these atrocities, like train wrecks and whatnot, essentially just to find someone else like him, right? So that he's not alone in the universe, mm-hmm. which is one of the more I mean, like that's it's that's a good yeah. villain, right? Um, he's evil. Right. But also at the heart of that is a very human thing, which we all understand. So mm-hmm. we can identify with both the hero and the villain in the story. Yeah. And, and, and they're both important characters. Right. Um, and I think that in a lot of superhero movies, um, particularly um, ones that involve Loki, because he is a stupid villain whose motivations <laughs> make no sense at all. Except, I'm a grumpy baby. My, my dad is my brother more than me. <laughs> Every time he destroys yeah. worlds. Um, we, you know, we have gotten conditioned to having uh, very bad villains that don't contribute much to our story. Right. I mean, in general, I think the Marvel trend is like a villain who's trying to take, get power, take over the world, something like that. And here, it's much different. He uh, has a specific agenda that he's going for, and his and, grievance is legitimate. Right. It's, it's definitely, and I mean, even his goals are pretty legitimate. Um, of what he wants to do is share yeah. these resources, open up and help other people. Um, I think his methods is where we come into him being a villain and how he's trying to get to that um, or how he got to this point. But yeah, um, and, and so I think it is a very different swing and we do feel for him and we see his whole backstory, which I think is unusual too, um, yeah. where he's kind of coming from or hear about it in many senses. Yeah, I mean, yeah. I think too, I mean, there's some... And I, the the way the emphasis on what Killmonger does in the story. I mm-hmm. mean, he shows up and he has this great scene in a museum, which is yeah. like like as, as a former like you know like post colonial scholar, you know, <laughs> find it quite interesting. You know, and it, <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's um, it highlights the the absurdity of all of that stuff. Mm-hmm. So look, you know, you go to the British Museum, they have like the frieze of the Parthenon sitting in there because they don't think Greece was like an efficient place to store the thing that they made. <laughs> right. um, you know, just uh, you know, like. Um, Again, like in, in Ragnarok, they start. Um, there's a, a very concerted effort to, uh, you know, deconstruct the, like dominant colonial narratives. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, which is a, a huge part of the narratives which control how power is distributed in our world. Right. So that's great. Yeah. The other thing too, I mean, for 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 there to be a villain in or to be a character in mm-hmm. a major movie by Disney, mm-hmm. um, who is the, the the motivation for their actions are like, how did the plight of black people in the world end up this badly I'm upset about it right like yeah you know that's a, a that to me was I mean like I, I I think in terms of like you know and there's certainly characters in great literature and other places that that you know espouse that perspective but like mm-hmm. you know this is a quantum leap forward right. in terms of portrayals of black stories mm-hmm. um, African-American stories colonial stories in film yeah um, there's not like a whole lot of steps between uh, other movies and this it's a huge leap it's a big yeah um, you know and, I, and also and you know and so and also the, the story doesn't shy away from all the ambiguous complexity of like what is the relationship between like black Americans and Africa yeah um, which you know and it, it starts off with this you know deep reference mm-hmm. to coming to America you know yeah. I mean, I mean it, it, there's just um part of why I, I tip my hat to those folks who made it is like something this mm-hmm. ambitious mm-hmm. like 
is very, very, very difficult to pull off. Yeah. As well as they did. Right. And there are some, there are a few criticisms I have of it mm-hmm. that I think are, you know, I think are valid. I think others would echo them. Right. But like, yeah. I mean, you know, it's like one of the, it's almost one of those ideas where it kind of comes out like fully formed. Fully. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> right, in like the first like, draft. Like, you know, the, the, yeah. There's not a whole lot of stepping stones, mm-hmm. at least that I see, yeah. um, uh, between some pretty like, I mean, like, there's still plenty of films that like, the villain's just a scary black guy. Yeah. You know, and, uh, you, know, you know, I mean, like, and again, I mean, we, three, bo- three billboards outside of Ebbing, Missouri is winning awards this year, and the, the, the blatant racism of that film is like, it's ironic or something. I don't know. Um, <laughs> but that's not, <laughs> Black Panther is not that. Not that film. Yeah, I mean, I think in general, uh, what surprised me too, af- after hearing that it was um, very good um, from critics and, and viewers, was also like the portrayal of Wakanda, like that Afro futurism design was super cool, yeah. and I I want to see a lot more of that. Um, hopefully, in the sequel, we get to kind of expand on some of these things. But just kind of like being down in the city, these wide shots, really cool. Um, what I thought about was compared to other Marvel movies I've seen, in general, I think all the characters were more interesting and kind of dynamic a lot of times. Um, like usually we have our heroes and there's some side characters that kind of come along with them and stuff or um, come in and out but they're not really that interesting and sometimes the heroes aren't even that interesting um, to kind of be bring brought along and the women are really strong uh, I think we talked about uh, this before too um, but even so like let's say Iron Man and Pepper Potts like she's a strong female character and kind of puts Iron Man in his place but yeah, I mean, she's pretty while flat. wearing Daisy Dukes, right. no shoes, and in the kitchen. Right, right. So, I mean, for any of those side character portrayals, I think everybody was better in here. Uh, I don't, I'm not the only one that mentioned it, but his uh, sister in the film, Shuri. Yeah. Um, she stole the scenes most of the time, I yeah. think, from him. was super funny and smart and cool and reminded me of, uh, like, Q from James Bond, who yeah. has all the gadgets, but she also... Really wants to get in on the action, um, and, and go out and do things. So I think all of those characters together uh, really made it something different, um, and a great casting. Um, I think to uh, to bring those characters to life. So I think they totally took advantage of what they could do with this film and went all out um, and didn't hold back. So I'm really glad glad for that. Um, I think you were mentioning kind of going back to this dynamic between the villain and the hero who we think are the hero and you had an interesting comment from Chadwick Boseman about yeah yeah there was I mean I don't remember who did, who did the interview with him yeah. but um just this past week um he I mean the, the quote was sort of like um T'Challa is actually the villain of the story and you know mm-hmm. we we wouldn't end up being sympathetic with his position if we didn't have uh, we didn't have like Killmonger's perspective yeah. to sort of bounce off of to get there um, and I think that there's, um, I mean, I don't know the right way to say it, but like in the film, there's mm-hmm. like a narrative mm-hmm. and there's also, I mean, we could call it a meta narrative or whatever you want to call it, but there's yeah. two stories. There's like the story mm-hmm. that are, that were, we traditionally go along in which the protagonists want something and they, yeah. they move to get that and you have T'Challa there and you have Killmonger and T'Challa beats Killmonger. Mm-hmm. Um, but there's a, there's a way in which Killmonger's perspective, um, and and for me, Killmonger is two characters, hmm. um, and and I think it's unf- 
this is my criticism of the film. Yeah. Um, a Killmonger, up until the point that he takes power of Wakanda, mm-hmm. um, is arguably the protagonist of the film. Mm. Um, yeah, I mean, I, I mean, yeah. I mean, T'Challa has. You know, he's certainly who we're who we're paying attention to. Right. But um, we start with more. Of right. Killmonger. But like, I mean, uh, T'Chaka's actions against um, Killmonger's father was wrong. Mm-hmm. Um, we we view it as wrong. Yeah. Um, uh, the uh, the privileged power of Wakanda. Uh, continued to um, uh, shelter, like, you know, to to hide that wrong. Mm -hmm. Um, And the ease with which a Killmonger is able to destroy so much of the power in Wakanda with the flowers um, and uh, killing Forrest Whitaker, like, that part shows that, like, Mm -hmm. his his claim is legitimate, right? right? If he were just a joker Mm -hmm. um, in any story, Mm -hmm. he would be dismissed. Right. But, like, Wakanda doesn't have a defense against him mm-hmm. um, because his grievance is legitimate. Right. And his father's perspective was much closer to to real yeah. than T'Challa's. I mean, to, mm-hmm. like, you, you imagine, I mean, something which is totally absent from the film, but I imagine in the beginning, mm-hmm. is, like, slaves are being chartered away in the, in the 16, 17, 1800s, and Wakanda watches. Right. Right. And, right. And, and so, like, there's this tiny line in there when T'Challa's like, all of you are wrong when he's in the realm talking to the other leaders. Mm. And it's like, when he says that, I mean, part of what he's saying is, like, we should have done something a right. long time ago yeah. um, to prevent all of this or to, to do, have done something different for all of this. Mm-hmm. Though they protect the citizens of Wakanda, they don't protect the citizens of Africa right. or the world for right. that matter. Yeah. Um, and so up until Killmonger gets power... I mean, and even the characters in the story are like, his claim is legitimate, he has been wronged, he's, a, he's stronger than mm-hmm. T'Challa, he's right. more skilled than T'Challa. If Black Panther is to be a warrior, I mean, a, a warrior adorned with the kills of his victims is far mm-hmm. better than this prince who's not particularly good at fighting, yeah. or leading, mm-hmm. or deciding, <laughs> um, yeah. you know, yeah. dresses well, uh, you know, like, bumbles into things, but... Yeah. Um, Killmonger is the king that they need. Mm-hmm. Um, however, once he takes power, and this is where my criticism happens, he but he he like goes off the deep end in like a sentence very quickly. Yeah, he's like, we're just gonna like we're gonna fight everything, right? And I'm like, really? Yeah, like that's not. Well, what no, wait, you no, you just before, yeah, like this is yeah, that's not what you're saying before. Yeah, like you want to like. You're smart, so you would like enact like a like a multinational effort to like improve the plight of disadvantaged people all across the world by using like Wakandan weapons as a like a stabilizing force. You would be, mm-hmm. I mean, like you would challenge like the powerful regimes of the world. I mean, like right. you're. This is not. Mm-hmm. I mean, because I understand his revenge against Wakanda, but his revenge against Wakanda is based on the fact that Wakanda has let his father, his family, and African Americans in the United States and around the world uh, down. Right. Um, so revenge on like revenge on the because 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 then he switches mm-hmm. to um, like the the specter uh, like from South Africa of, of yeah. what you know like of of after apartheid mm-hmm. was gone um, of you know like the, the South Africans were terrified yeah. white South Africans you know the Afrikaners of this like massive violent backlash which didn't happen right um, and why I think you know elements of that transition like the Truth and Reconciliation Commission which allowed people to like openly state what they did Mm -hmm. um, so everyone could have some sense of it um, were essential. Yeah. Um, And then he just, he's like, he's not, he's not that. He's just like straight up revenge. Mm -hmm. And I was like, oh man, because, because, because for me, what it avoids is what I think would have been 
um, the absolute climax of that film, which is like a discussion, like a deep discussion Mm -hmm. between Killmonger and T'Challa about Wakanda's past and Wakanda's future. Yeah. And and they avoid that by having Killmonger essentially become a straw man who's who becomes a big bad just to be punched in the face, right? right. His position becomes so extreme that the only way it can be stopped is by violence. Right. Um, and he goes from I mean and the movie transforms at that point to like a a foot race or a, a struggle or it means very clear that it's sort of like a physical showdown. Yeah. And it it it, it misses the opportunity yeah. for that. And and I don't know that and I mean I mean, I'm not, I, I don't know, I don't want to say that that had to happen, mm-hmm. um, but I think the movie, like, suffers because of it. And, and, and it's, it, it's good, mm-hmm. um, and even great, but it fails to be um, a, another level of superlative because of that. Yeah. Because of all the, I mean, like, the Killmonger is, is never as good as he is in that museum, and, and, like, when he walks in to take power in that room. Right. He's arrogant. But he also follows the rules. Mm-hmm. He like he knows um, that everyone in that room has been implicit in uh, a scheme of ignoring the plight of people all across the world. Right. And he knows that they know it. And yeah. he knows that there's been generations of doubt about it. And he's merely voicing that. And he's never as strong as he is there. When he when he when he goes off the deep end, he just becomes, you know, yeah. Some. I mean, scary. we do. Well, what I would say about this, and I'm not. Well, as I was watching it. I was highly conflicted about what they were trying to say um, in the film, and a little bit worried, because I agree, I kind of saw what Killmonger was going after, and I agree, like, he too quickly goes over the edge to being, like, evil um, from what we saw before, and I think up to that point, I was like, well, he's not, like, he has some really strong points here, and I'm not sure how they're going to follow through with this. Yeah. Because... For, until I think almost the very end, T'Challa doesn't change his perspective very much. Yeah. Because even in that final battle, and he beats Killmonger, I was like, okay, but like, what is he actually winning here? You know, like, what are we supposed to think? He's beating the bad guy, but he's symbolically beating his point of view, Killmonger's point of view, which is not completely wrong. Um, by any means. So I was having a lot of like conflicted feelings about that. And I also, I don't know what you think about this, but maybe we can think through it, but I've heard a lot of criticism too about it also becomes like black people battling other black people. And for some, um, African Americans or people of color didn't sit right with them that this was supposed to be sort of a film that is um uh honoring black people and the heritage and things like that but what we end up is infighting um between that and i I guess like what i'm wondering is is this intentional as some sort of um commentary on way society goes or what's happened in history um, and or just like acknowledging the complexity of these issues, I guess maybe mm. um, whether it is talking strictly about African nations, and even with good intentions, things can quickly degrade into other things. But I think um, we've talked about like that is what we're used to hearing about Africa, right? Like there's just all these um, wars happening continuously, and. Uh, you know, that's that's just the norm of what we think about um, 
when we're in those countries, they can't keep a stable government, they can't keep running. Because yeah. I think up to that point, we have this sort of glorious view of what an African nation, unaffected by um, outside people and colonization, what they could adapt to and uh, and become with this advanced technology and um, this strong uh, heritage that they've they've carried through. And we talk about how some of that needs to be questioned. But yeah, um, well, but yeah a, I, I don't know if that... Ending was simply like we have to have a superhero battle at the end, good versus bad. Because also like it's just what we saw as sort of like people that were very level-headed. Also until Killmonger took power, and then suddenly they become sort of like, yeah, we'll fight each other um, to uphold this guy who, you know, was destroying their past with. Uh, I'm not gonna know the terminology, but like these plants that were giving yeah. them extra powers in life and things like I mean, that. Yeah. Gave only the Black Panther power. Only the Black Panther. Okay. I um, mean, it, yeah, yeah. I mean, it was symbolically like a, a removal of this um, privilege that, mm. of the, that the royal... Yeah. The, the, that only the king of Wakanda only had and only yeah. the king of Wakanda had access to. Mm-hmm. Like when they offer to yeah. M'Baku, it's a big deal because mm-hmm. they, don't, they don't do that. They're, and he's yeah. like... And that was great when they're like, can we help you? He's like, no. <laughs> right. Um, I do... So I don't... My opinion. So there's a couple things about the end. Yeah. Um, uh, I am white for the audience, in case you didn't know. Um, and, and I don't know. And I'm sure that flavors a lot of my views of it. So um, mm-hmm. there's a couple things. So like in all the superhero films, like even though like Killmonger goes like not so straw man, bad guy. Yeah. T'Challa spends a good long time making him dead. Right? Mm-hmm. He stabs him yeah. and shows him the beauty of Wakanda before he dies. Mm. And our protagonist at the very beginning of the film, if we, you know, if we look at um, Killmonger when he's a child, he's mm-hmm. one of the first people we meet. Yeah. Um, his father tells him he's going to see the glory of Wakanda, and he does. Mm-hmm. And, you know, and his desire to do something is fulfilled in the arc of this story. Right. Um, and the minute he's beaten... Mm-hmm. Um, the minute the, the conflict between them is done, he transforms back into who he was before. Mm. And he transforms into uh, a someone with a, a totally legitimate perspective. Right. Um, and then the, 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 what, happens, what happens between them is a, is a, a conversation of ideas. Right. Um, and I think that, among other things, I mean, if you look at Marvel superheroes, how they dispatch with their villains, mm-hmm. no one really does this. Yeah. There's like right. a... A, a grandness, a regality, mm-hmm. um, uh, a, a, you know, like an emotional deepness mm-hmm. to their end. Mm-hmm. Um, that I think, for all of the times when like Killmonger is crazy and has to be dealt with, um, seems to mitigate that. Yeah, um, and, and and shows that especially the two side of them, the two of them looking at Wakanda, because I think those moments are more iconic. Mm-hmm. Than the him than Killmonger being unreasonable and having to fight, right? And I think if I you know if I look at the moments you know if I'm making T-shirts or posters mm-hmm. um, of of powerful moments, it's you know like it's um, it's that moment at the end when they're up on the up on the plateau. Yeah. You know, T'Challa is alive, Killmonger is dead, and it's almost like I mean T'Challa doesn't want to kill him. Mm-hmm. Um, we don't really want Killmonger to be dead because mm-hmm. um, his perspective is. So legitimate. He just goes a bit too extreme, right? And sort of betrays it yeah. in some sense. The other thing, um, and so you know, again, like we don't—that's unique. Yeah. Um, you know, as unreasonable as Killmonger gets, he's not 
some of the other villains, and not like the other villains we've sure. seen in stories. Yeah. And, and again, barely a villain. We don't even need to call him that. Right? Mm-hmm. Um, the other is like the fighting at the end. Um, my reaction to the fighting at the end um, was two part. One, there's not a lot of killing. Mm. Like the only person that really dies is Killmonger. Mm-hmm. Other people are being hurt and damaged. Yeah. You know, and it's, and I mean, I, I take it akin to like, um, people wrestling or something you know like Mm -hmm. they're tussling but like they're no one's stabbing each other Mm. right you know and then there's the point where okoye is about to kill wakabe and he's like you would do that and he's like you know for wakanda yes yeah and so and and this is and you know maybe i'm fully open for criticism of this point but in in the absence of white characters outside of martin freeman Mm -hmm. like i don't see like it's not their blackness that i see as they're Mm -hmm. fighting i see like a a variety of factions of individuals loyal not loyal reasonable unreasonable fighting about something and and because of the 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 non-lethal ways in which they're fighting Mm -hmm. um especially because we're like we're introduced to the idea of ritual combat at the beginning uh, they're not um it's family fighting Right. Like, they're not, these are not bitter yeah. enemies in the way, like, they're not, like, slaughtering Chitauri. Mm-hmm. Um, they're fighting for something without quite killing each other quite yet. Yeah. They're about to, Yeah, but not quite yet. Um, and I guess it's more subtle, but uh, I do appreciate thinking back, we get uh, Nakia, who is, like, a spy, sort of, like, working to help free um, oppressed people or slaves yeah. even, possibly. And so we see her out in the world, and it's a constant conflict um, between T'Challa and her that she is presenting this more peaceful, um, activist sort of way of expanding their their reach and what they're doing for people. And I, you know, I think we get that impression right away that she's sort of like, oh, I, you know, you're having fun playing prince and now king and stuff back in the in the kingdom, but like, I'm doing some real stuff here. Um, like don't don't mess that up, you know. <laughs> like, yeah. Um, I'm not ready to to kind of just sit back and not do that. So I think we do kind of get this more peaceful perspective um, in contrast to Killmongers, but both going after the same thing in the world uh, to be able to influence people. I mean, I'm also heard criticism like T'Challa. I mean, maybe he's in process, but he comes around and what he does is sort of like build a community center um which maybe they could do more than that you know uh in the in the reach of things and certainly there's going to be a sequel but um yeah i mean i i did feel better once we see that change that because i I wasn't sure that they were going to make it that explicit that he sort of was so affected by killmonger's point of view um and and his grievances uh, so I thought that that was definitely cool. Uh, I also want to mention, like, maybe it seems sort of uh, surface level, but, like, having spent some time in Africa, like, actually the film for a blockbuster big-budget Marvel movie did a pretty good job of sort of invoking and recalling my experience there. Um, so when we, we go to Wakanda and, like... The drums and uh, and and we see the the people. They speak with a very strong accent, um, African accent, and so I think including those sort of elements was also very thoughtful and making that sort of a true experience, even with all the the fantasy sort of Wakanda world yeah. that we see. Um, I thought that was very effective, and we've talked about this before, but just like the positive portrayal of all the characters, the strong women. 
Um, uh, Angela Bassett as the mother as well, uh, I think was great. And then um, is it Dani from, is that how you pronounce her name, from Walking Dead? I, I don't know how to pronounce her Okay. Um, Michelle. I, I, Michonne, yeah. Um, who I always loved Michonne, so I was really excited to see her in this film. And yeah. almost like even more of a badass than she is in Walking Dead. Yeah. Um, so, uh, yeah, I mean, just, again, great cast and great portrayal seeing those uh, positive uh, portrayals of um, of these characters. That And it, it was kind of a cool, like, seeing more of, like, a team backing up T'Challa. Yeah. Um, this group of people. And we even get this fun also sort of spy James Bond moment in South Korea um, when they go into this casino. So I hope to see kind of more of those sort of elements going forward too. Yeah. Kind of a team. Yeah, anything else you want to make sure we talk about? Um, I'm not sure. I, I think my closing statements will be this. Um, uh, I never read the Black Panther comic book. I didn't read a mm-hmm. lot of comic books when I was younger, but I did um, really... There's an animated show called um, Avengers Earth Mightiest Earth's Mightiest Heroes. Yeah, um, and I think there are like three seasons of it, maybe two or three seasons. Mm-hmm. Um, it's a great show. Yeah, it's it's like the you know just sort of gives you like the story from beginning to end of most of the Avengers. And Black Panther shows up, um, and he's fabulous. He's like my favorite character in that story. Mm. Um, you know, and he's royalty, so he has like you know back and forth with Thor yeah. and his vibranium. You know, he, I mean, he, <laughs> yeah. he kind of. Um, uh, he's often portrayed as um, I don't know someone who really knows a whole lot of stuff, yeah. And everyone else kind of knows little bits of it, yeah. Um, and, and and he's a is the voice actor does him is quite charming, and he's and the show has a you know it has a Joss Whedon feel. I mean, there's mm-hmm. lots of funny parts in it, like Hulk's always breaking down doors, and <laughs> you know, and Tony yeah. Stark is like, it has a sensor. You just you stand next to it and it opens. <laughs> and so I was happy to see um, some of that more. Like lightheartedness yeah. in the Black Panther character. I mean, I, I mean, I know, like, I have not read the comic books. I don't know, like, how serious or yeah, sort of sure you know, light yeah. it is. Mm-hmm. But I mean, that's part of, um, like, the T'Challa that I came to know in that series. It's mm-hmm. part of his character, mm-hmm. um, you know, in the way that you know, I mean, Thor is very serious. So T'Challa yeah. and Thor have this sort of you know straight man, funny man sort of thing. <laughs> um, you know, and he often, you know, will. There are many times in the show when Tony Stark is, is working on some sort of problem, and Charles mm-hmm. like, "Oh, it's just this. It's going to do with vibranium," <laughs> and he's like, "What?" <laughs> um, and so it was nice to see that sort of that element Come too. Yeah. Um, you know, in, in in the film, and so um, yeah. I mean, I guess my closing remarks are: I, it was great. Um, I was, uh, I don't know. I mean, I. I was surprised at how, uh, like, the breadth of the film. Mm-hmm. Like, it, it, it wasn't shy about, like, having solid comment on a lot of elements yeah. of, like, black like, experience. Right. Which was, you know, again, I mean, again, I mean, you could have done a less ambitious project. Yeah. Um, and someone could have done, had have attempted to do something this mm-hmm. broad and done really poorly at it. Mm-hmm. And so I think, and in some sense, sort of the, the different uneven elements that are in there, yeah. you know, like the various ways in which Killmonger behaves, mm-hmm. um, in some ways, from a, a very positive perspective, allows you to cram in a variety of different conflicts with the same set of characters. Yeah. Um, which is just, I mean, it's one of those films that, like, I mean, people are going to be watching it for a really long time. Mm-hmm. Um, and there's, you know, I, and I don't have any doubts that it's going to be something that people reference um, in other films yeah. and in popular culture for a long time. 
Yeah. I mean, just something, part of my personal journey, like, in the last few years, I think, is realizing, um, I don't think there would have been a time where I wouldn't have, like, enjoyed this film um, by any means. But uh, I think thinking about what we have seen for superheroes before this is not representations of people in color in those roles um like barely like we have like blade um and the first blade movie is good and and blade is is blade is a cool character yeah Yeah. even then he's he's half half black true yeah and and but i think it's impacting me more that because i am white and i've only seen basically white men in these roles that i don't it's it's true. I don't think about that as a portrayal, or yeah. that there should be something different. So that there is something now for people of color um, to kind of point to and see themselves in. I think is is a really big deal, and I think, like you said, it's going to uh, be important for for quite a while um, and going forward uh, for people to see that. And I think that makes it an exciting time. Yeah. Um, to have that and here. and yeah. the the part that I'll say to that too is. Mm-hmm. Um, like when you and I went to see the film, mm-hmm. which you talked about with our interview with Reverend G, like there mm-hmm. were a lot of parents and kids there. Mm-hmm. And I think, again, like calculating the violence a little bit or calibrating it a little bit lower yeah. allows like people to take their kids. Right. You know, and, and whether that's me, like me, white person taking my white kids to see it, yeah. or like a black film, you know, if they're taking their black kids, mm-hmm. it, it, it allows the film and, and the film is oriented towards showing just like a different way of looking at things. Yeah, for sure. Um, which is really remarkable. Mm-hmm. Great. So, uh, yeah, we're going to wrap up our conversation of Black Panther. Let's just wrap up this conversation. Yeah. And uh, thank you all for listening. Mm-hmm.